Welcome to Wiseish with Dr. Kavita Sun. In this podcast, I'm going to be sharing with you all the tools that I learned over the last 10 plus years to be able to go from feeling overwhelmed emotionally and struggling in my relationships to now being able to have emotional maturity, steadiness and thriving relationships and to be able to set and achieve big goals. It took me a long time and a lot of trial and tribulation to get to this point. And my goal in sharing this podcast is to hopefully shorten your time gap to get to where you want to go. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. Hello, hello my friends. I am so glad to be chatting with you today. I've been waiting for today's episode because it's such a good one and I think you guys will love it. So, the title of today's talk is a little cheeky, right? It is how to have a miserable life. <laughs> and you're probably thinking, I mean, who's out there trying to find out how to add more misery to their lives? No one. But the reason I chose this topic is because of a little psychological hack called inversion thinking. Right? Think about it. If you thought, you know, if you started wondering, how can I be happier? It's so vague and so broad that it just causes overwhelm at best. It doesn't actually it's a philosophical question, it's more rhetorical. It doesn't actually give you tangible next steps that you can use today. Whereas when we use inversion thinking, we take an area of life where we want some sort of good outcome and we ask how can we actually get a bad outcome in that area. So for example, you might think for yourself, how can I make my marriage worse? How can I uh be the kind of parent that I don't want to be? How can I um get you know more unhealthy in my um in my general body health? How can I get fired at work, right? When you think in that way, what happens is because our brains, we've talked about in the first 5 episodes, we talked about how our brain tends to look for problems and this psychological hack actually capitalizes on that because your brain will come up with a whole list of specific things that you can do to actually get that bad outcome. And this is this is a good thing because now all you have to do is reverse each of those things and you'll inevitably be led to the good outcome that you want. Right? It's kind of cool. So, when we think about how to have a miserable life, right? I'm going to share with you the six principles of a miserable life and you'll notice as I'm sharing them with you that when you reverse each one it is inevitable that you will have a better more fulfilled more focused more joyful life it's it's kind of inevitable right so that's what we're doing today all right so i hope you're ready and here we go how to have a miserable life right number one rule if you want to have a miserable life the first thing you should do is you should try to impose your way of thinking and your priorities and your rules onto everyone else and onto the world itself so that means you look at everybody else and you think in your mind what that person should be doing or should be saying or should be feeling or should be acting or you look at a situation and you look for how it should be different how it should be better 
right? When we go around looking at not just other people in the world, but even yourself, how you should be more disciplined, how you should be, you know, more fit, how you should be uh, smarter or whatever else. All of this is such an exercise in futility because all it does is keep you more stuck in the quicksand. We've talked about the quicksand metaphor in the first five episodes, right? The more you um, struggle in quicksand, the deeper you go. And that's what happens when you should on yourself or other people or the world, you end up going deeper and deeper into that quicksand, which means you end up with more suffering and more misery in your life, right? So that's the first rule for a miserable life. The second one is to rage against the weather in your life. Okay, what do I mean by that? It means you wake up in the morning and you look outside and you've been waiting for today. You've been working overtime for the last couple of weeks and this is your first day off and you had so much planned for the day. You thought it was gonna be, I mean, the weather report said it's gonna be a nice day and you had planned to have a picnic and your friends were coming over and you were going to whatever you were gonna do. And now you look outside and it's a huge thunderstorm and there's a warning and no one to go outside and whatnot. And you are just raging against the weather. Now, the weather is just a sort of an analogy for any situation in your life that you think has to be different. It could even be your past, right? Notice the futility of trying to change or want something in the past to be different. It is impossible for any of us as human beings to travel back in time, right? At least as of 2022, we don't have the technology to be able to travel back in time. We know that, we know it's impossible, and yet we decide to ruminate on something in the past and how it could have been different. And that's the same in my mind as raging against the weather outside today, right? The weather as and your past are both completely out of our control. It's already a done deal. There's nothing that we're gonna do by raging against it, and yet we do. So any situation, now this is not to say that we don't feel disappointment. Yes. Absolutely, disappointment is a feeling just like any other emotion and learning how to feel our feelings is one of the most crucial tasks of adulthood, all right? What I mean by raging is not just feeling but resisting and ruminating and sort of spending hours, days, sometimes years trying to make that different when we have absolutely no control over it. It's such a waste of energy and it's a, such a good way to make yourself miserable, all right? And this leads perfectly to the third way you can make your life really miserable and that is resisting or reacting to your feelings. Now, why do we resist or react to our feelings? Because we're scared of them. Nobody has taught us how to feel our feelings and just to be with them, right? No one teaches us that, possibly and probably because most people don't know themselves, so they can't teach something that they don't know, right? I didn't, I'm a psychiatrist and I still didn't know how to be with my feelings for years, even after being a double board certified psychiatrist. 
they just don't teach this out in the world which is such a shame because i think if our children knew how to be with their feelings the world would be a different place right so we need to learn how to sit with our feelings before we can teach our children and the reason that we resist or react to them so much right and this is not just you know in you and me this is in businesses and corporations and um, institutions and universities and politics and governments we are all spending a lot of energy resisting or reacting to feelings much of the problems in the world today and the major catastrophes of the world in the last several hundred years come from resisting or reacting to feelings now we do that like i said because we're scared of them and nobody has taught us how to sit with them so the thing i want you to get from this is that feelings cannot hurt you they come and go for every single human being and if you can learn the process and i'm going to be sharing that process with you over the coming podcasts but if you can learn how to fully process a feeling and allow it to fully come full circle in your psyche and in your body then you have attained emotional freedom that is the seat and the beginning of wisdom right we've talked about being a bus driver instead of getting caught up in the passengers and the passengers are your thoughts and feelings so you will have a very miserable life if you spend your time resisting or reacting to your feelings your feelings are always there we always have a multitude of feelings all the time and so resisting and reacting to them is not something that you do once in a while if that's your go to you're going to be doing it all the time and it really can damage our lives now resisting and reacting i'll just briefly say we'll do another podcast episode on this but resisting means trying to get away from your feelings right and we can do that by distracting ourselves for hours on end social media work porn uh food right shopping there's just so many ways especially in modern life that you can spend hours days weeks years trying to distract yourself from your feelings that's the resisting part the reacting part is when we believe our feelings and get caught up in them and think that just because for example i have an angry thought that the this person x is a jerk right if i don't know how to stay as the bus driver i'm going to believe that thought and i'm going to ruminate on it and i'm going to think that i have to express that in some way i have to send an angry text i have to vent about it with somebody i have to do something to discharge that anger because I feel so strongly first of all that anger is uncomfortable I can't be with my anger and second I believe that that person is only a jerk because my mind says so or my brain says so in that moment and I completely enmesh with that and think that I have to act it out so the resisting and reacting are two variations of how we can get in trouble with our feelings when we don't know that they can't hurt us and we need to learn to how to sit with them and process them fully. So, third rule if you want to have a miserable life is spend all your time resisting or reacting to your feelings. The fourth law of a miserable life, right? Is 
thinking that when we are triggered by somebody or some situation, instead of looking to what is this here to teach me? What part of me is this pointing to that needs healing? Instead of looking at the trigger in that way, you see triggers as some sort of injustice done to you, okay? Now I'll tell you how, um, I, I'm gonna share with you a little metaphor that might help you understand how triggers are really more about us. Like whatever I get triggered by is more about me. Let me share um, a metaphor that might help you understand that, right? If someone, I'm sitting in a room right now recording this podcast, if somebody came into my room right now and said, hey, Kavi, you're a giraffe, okay? I don't really think that I'm a giraffe at all. So <laughs> I'm not gonna be triggered by that. I'm not gonna overreact. At best, I might, you know, I might think that they're a little nuts or I might think that it's a joke, right? I might laugh or say, what's that? What are you talking about? But I'm not gonna be like, no way, how dare you call me a giraffe? Why? Because there is no receptor field inside of me for that trigger. Now, let's say on the other hand, when I was hitting puberty, I suddenly was, you know, had a growth spurt and was really tall and was the tallest kid in my grade. And let's say I had a crush on one of the kids in my school. And let's say one day I was walking past a bunch of kids and they were all teasing me and calling me a giraffe because I was the tallest kid in the class. And the person, the kid that I had a crush on was in that group also laughing and calling me a giraffe. Now that I have that receptive field inside of me, fast forward to 30 years from now, somebody calls, comes and calls me a giraffe, I have a reaction. Why? Because I have that receptor field inside of me. Now, it doesn't mean that you should never get triggered at all. That's not possible. You're a human being. You're going to get triggered. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you if you get triggered. What it does mean is when our response is out of proportion to the stimulus, there is something there for us to learn and heal. So the fourth law of living a miserable life is to look at triggers only as injustices done to us from something external to us and never look at the potential lesson or the possibility for healing underneath that trigger, right? Number five, we have six total laws of living a miserable life and we're on the fifth, okay? <laughs> Hope you're taking notes, right? Number five, think of the world as certain people being deserving of your regard, positive, unconditional regard, and some other people as not being deserving of your positive, unconditional regard. This will definitely help you have a miserable life. I'll tell you why. Because Human beings are complex. You and I are very complex. You and I may or may not have the exact same opinions or uh, beliefs about a multitude of things, right? It's what makes us unique. 
And the fact that I was raised in a completely different um, culture, in a different family setting than you, with different genetics and different epigenetics, all of these different experiences that we've had means that some of our beliefs will match and some won't. And that is the same for every single person in your life, even the people that you deeply, deeply love. Right? Even the people that you actually admire from afar, if you get to know them on a closer basis, there will be some things that you will agree with and some that you don't. So you can see that when you classify the world or people in the world, including yourself, as black and white, they're either good or not. They either deserve my unconditional positive regard or they don't. When we classify people in that way, we end up constantly being disappointed by people, right? Because even when we like somebody and we put them on a pedestal and we think of them as good and we want to give them our positive, unconditional regard, they will, because they're complex human beings, they will eventually show us some side of them that we don't agree with or don't like. So since that is inevitable for every single human being that you care about or even relate to, in your life, you'll constantly be disappointed by life and by people. And that is a recipe for a pretty miserable life, in my opinion. So instead of seeing people as good or bad or deserving of your regard or not, reversing this rule would mean seeing the world and people in yourself as being complex and gray, a mix of good and bad, quote unquote, a mix of things that they do well and things that they struggle in, a mix of areas that you enjoy and see similarly to them and, and other things that you don't, or even areas that you're like, how could they think this, right? There will always be that complexity inside human beings. So. If we want to live a miserable life, we want, we will be looking for other human beings and even yourself to be two dimensional. And that's impossible. So you'll always be constantly disappointed. Okay. All right. Now we're on to the final, the sixth and final law. That will ensure that you have a miserable life, my dear listener. <laughs> right? That's the last thing I want. Everything that I'm doing here, everything that I do in my life is to try to make one person breathe easier. And so I really hope you'll take these to heart and reverse them and think about how you can use them in the right way because it will inevitably lead to a life that you're proud to have lived. So the last law, right, is to think that there is some arriving that you will do, some place that you will get to where you will just feel good. This is a classic recipe for a miserable life because you think that bliss is external to you and so you'll keep searching for the next hit of dopamine. Right? Maybe when I buy that big house, maybe when I go on that vacation, maybe when I lose that last 10 pounds or 100 pounds, whatever it is. Maybe when I you know, um, 
have that third child or maybe when the children are off to college or maybe when um, you know I have this much in my bank account whatever it is when I buy that fancy car whatever it is if we are looking for something external to us and we think when I get there when I get that thing I will feel just good you are in for a rude awakening because guess what there is no place you can ever get to in your life where you will not feel a mix of feelings you want to feel and thoughts you want to think and feelings you don't want to feel and thoughts you wish weren't there. Remember, a school bus is going to have all kinds of passengers in it, right? It doesn't make sense if the bus driver is constantly praying and wanting and wishing only certain passengers and he or she keeps thinking, when I get to that stop, I'll only have, you know, all the passengers I like. When I get to this city, I will have only passengers. It's never going to be the case, right? So when we let go of that, right? Remember, we're reversing each of these for the good life. When we let go of that, we now can take risks. We can actually go after our dreams. We can go all in on things that we believe in purely because it matters to us and purely because we want to not because we think achieving that is going to give us some sort of you know never-ending bliss not because we think achieving that will remove all these problems it'll remove some problems and it'll introduce different problems right everything in life is still going to come with the human experience and the human experience is a mix of good or bad so if you're telling yourself should I take that job or not should I move to the city or not will you know once I lose this weight then I will you know start my career in public speaking or whatever it is that you're thinking should I leave this marriage or not should I commit to this relationship or not what I want to tell you is whatever you decide, my friend, it will still come with its own set of good and I don't like to say bad because I don't think any feeling is bad, but uncomfortable. Things that feel good and things that feel uncomfortable is part of the human experience. So let's say you're thinking, should I leave this relationship or commit to this relationship or not? Both will have a mix of feelings. So you want to choose the one that you want just because you want it, knowing that you can reverse anything at any time. But you don't want to stay in years and years of procrastination analysis because you're only doing that because you think that there's some sort of perfect decision. There is not. There's only the decision that you want to make. And for me, that is extremely freeing because it means I can go after everything that I want because even if I lose, what's the worst that can happen? A mix of good and uncomfortable feelings. And I already have a mix of good and uncomfortable feelings. So there's no difference, right? So those are, in my opinion, the six laws of living a miserable life. Let's quickly go through them again. Number one, shooting everybody yourself and situations in life number two 
thinking that somehow you can change the weather or that there should be no weather, right? <laughs> Number three, resisting and reacting to feelings. Number four, thinking when you get triggered that it's something external that is being done to you, it's an injustice, instead of I can feel the trigger and there is something here that it's here to teach me or heal within me. Number five, thinking that the world or yourself or other people, looking at that in categories of good or bad, black and white, and thinking there are some people who are like you, who deserve your unconditional positive regard, and there are others who don't. In fact, when we get closer to someone, we will see that they are also a mix of things that you like and things that you don't, right? So when we get stuck in that black and white, we're going to be constantly disappointed. And the final one is thinking that there is some arriving, some thing, some place, some achievement where once you get that, you will just feel good. These are the six laws. Please write them down, reverse each of them and ask yourself, this is your um, homework. I want you to be thinking about this after you finish this podcast. Write these down, reverse each of them and ask yourself, how can I use this reversed law in my daily life? Daily life not just in a theoretical way, in your life, in your particular circumstances, in your actual um, workplace or relationships within yourself. Write that down for each law that you reverse. Write down at least a couple of lines of how can I use this in my life today? Please take time to do this. I wish somebody had taught me this even 10 years ago. I would have saved myself myself a lot of heartache. I would have saved the world and other people around me a lot of heartache. So I hope you use it. And thank you for hanging out with me. If you found this helpful, please, please subscribe. Give us a rating and a review because it helps um, other people find this podcast and share it with your friends. All right. Till next time. Adios. Bye-bye.